to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church. We began talking yesterday about biblical meditation. And as we talk about the keys to the kingdom, meditation is our key currently. And we looked at Psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. And we talked yesterday about meditation, and we don't want to confuse people. A lot of people, when they hear meditation, think of Eastern meditation and and people sitting around emptying their mind and that is not what we're talking about with biblical meditation. We are not talking about emptying out your mind. We're talking about filling your mind with the Word of God. And it says here, His delight is in the law of the Lord. And we talked about the fact that we need to delight in it, that it can't be something that we do just because we have to do it, because God expects us to do it, or every pastor we ever heard talk about it expects us to do it, and the church expects us to do it. No, it's because we delight in the law of, or in the word of the law, the Lord. And when we talk about law, that's another thing that we don't want to be having people confused about. We're not talking about just the Ten Commandments. We're not talking about following the law. We're not talking about following the rules. When he talks here about the law of the Lord, he's talking about the word of God. Amen. And we, all of us, need to meditate on the word of God. We need to fill our minds with the word of God. And we need to do that. And we need, but it needs to be a delight of our life. When you delight in something, you can't wait to do more of it. Your delight might be gardening. You just love to garden and, and it's coming on springtime and you're just counting the days till you can set out that first tomato plant or whatever it is that you like to do. And that's just something that you delight to do. You don't think to yourself, oh man, I have to go out and garden again. Or maybe your delight is something else. And when you delight in it, you just can't wait. You're counting down the days. You're counting down the hours. You're counting down the minutes until you can do it. Well, that same thing needs to be with the Word of God, that we delight in it, that we don't read it because we have to or somebody's forcing us to, but we delight in it. We want to hear more of what God says. And that's what he says here. Blessed is the man who does that, who delights in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. You need to be thinking about the word of God day and night. And I can already hear somebody saying, well, I have to work. You can still meditate on the word of God. The, the word of God has to be in your marketplace. It has to be with you wherever you are. You need to love your neighbors yourself 
When you're at the grocery store, you need to love your neighbors yourself. When you're at work, you need to love your neighbors yourself when you're at home. All the Word of God needs to be with us and in us and working in us everywhere that we are, every minute of every day. And then he says, you will be blessed and whatever he does prospers. Amen, amen, amen. And I was just thinking about um, uh, Jesus said uh, in Matthew 6, he said, uh, he was talking about addressing the disciples and, and addressing their need for things. And he told them, uh, he said, my father in heaven knows you have need of these things. And he was talking about clothing. He was telling them, don't worry about their life, what they eat, what they drink, what they're going to wear, what they're going to do for the day. He said, but, but do this first. Seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added to you. The kingdom of God and his righteousness, meaning God's way of doing things. And one of God's way, one of the ways he designed us to do things was to feed on his word. And that's part of the seeking first. And, and that's one of the keys to the kingdom is, is meditation. And, and part of the meditation is meditating on his word. Another way we can say that is feed on his word. Jesus said it like this. He summarized it all. He said, man, well, and he was quoting from the Old Testament. He said, man should not live by bread alone, but 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 by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Father. So he's saying, in essence, we need to feed on God's word all the time. And, and part of the feeding on it, and I like to describe meditation like this. It's like a, a cow chews up his cud. He chews it and he gets all the nutrients out of it. Really, he just chews it. Then... He'll he'll put it in the sides of his cheeks. I think chipmunks do that too. And then and then they'll come back and chew it up later and later, and they can go all day just chewing that cud. And then I think later they can regurgitate it. And that's what he's telling us to do when we're meditating on God's word day and night. When we're pondering on it, thinking on it, it it's it's getting planted in in the good ground of our hearts and our spirits. That's where his word, because his word is living and it's powerful. But it's gonna get planted in our spirits, and then guess what it's going to do to our minds? It's going to transform us by renewing our minds, the Word. It's got to go down to the Spirit, and it'll come It'll come back and transform that. Yes, we knew, we use our mind to reason and to, to, to read and all of that, but that Word's going to drop down in your spirit as, as you're meditating on it, and it's going to transform your mind. It also, meditation is going to also, again, transform what you believe. As you start meditating on the word, you ain't going to believe all this doubtful stuff. You ain't going to believe what the world says. You're going to start believing what the word says. Because, again, the word is living and it's powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. The scripture says it is a, a discerner of thoughts and intents, and there's no creature hidden from its sight. So, again, the word of God, when it's meditated upon, it, it transforms us. And it speaks to us. It'll, he'll, he'll give you some illumination. He'll give you what's called rhema. <laughs> and it, it'll lead and guide you. Remember uh, who said that? Your word uh, shall not depart from me. It, it, the Isaiah said that. But it shall prosper in the thing that it goes, it, it sent out to do. So again, as we're meditating on the word of God, it also increases our faith. As you start, because the Bible says, as a man think it or believes in his heart, so is he. So you start believing that word by meditating on it. He says, so are you. You become the word. And we know in John, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. 
the living word. And God was a spirit first. A spirit became flesh. Cause that, and Jesus said in John 6, my words are spirit and they are life. Oh, that was deep right there. And he didn't say his word was the truth. So, and then he said, you should know the truth and the truth will set you free. So it's to our benefit as children of God, kingdom citizens, to meditate on, I call the Bible the Constitution. This is the Christian's Constitution right here. And this Constitution is supposed to go over the whole earth. <laughs> I know different governments got their different cons, but we're citizens of the kingdom. We have one Constitution. We have one king. We never can vote him in. We can't vote him out. He's the same. His word is law. It, it, it endures forever. <laughs> same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And the same constitution applies. No matter who go, it don't matter where you had on the earth. And remember, the command was to fill the earth with the gospel. Jesus says they was asking him when the end was going to come. He said, "Well, he said, and he gave kind of gave some signs. You're going to see this. You're going to see that. There's going to be wars, rumors of wars, famines." He said, "But see that you not be bothered by it, for all these things must come." But he said, it's not going to come until the gospel of the kingdom is preached with demonstration. Meaning, remember, the whole earth is waiting on who? The manifestations of the sons of God. And that's when the end's going to really come. Once this gospel of the kingdom is preached to the ends of the earth with demonstration. Because he said, these signs shall follow those who believe. And that's part of meditation, too. We just like to think of Christianity as nice and clean and when we talk about casting out demons and laying hands on the sick, we, we don't want to hear that. We just want to hear, be good, be nice. No. Go to church. Jesus, but Jesus. Sing the song. Yeah, yeah, just go to church, sing the song. But, but the, you got to look, Jesus is the role model. What did he do? And remember when the, his trainees, his pupils, his disciples didn't do as he did, he rebuked them and said such things as, oh, ye a little faith. Well, Jesus was de demonstrating how God originally made mankind to operate on the earth. He was the, called the last Adam. So those signs are going to, the end. Uh, people be talking about the end of the earth, got those guys out there camping, talking about this coming in. It's not going to come until the church grows up. It's not going to happen, Richard, until we grow up. Because God says, I'm going to get my way first. And he's raising us up. That's part of this broadcast is about the ignite people's faith on fire. He's raising up his people. Scripture says, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they're going to do this, that, and the other. Lay hands on the six, cast out demons, speak with new tongues. That don't mean speak in tongues. Speak with new tongues. It means our conversation is totally different. That's what speak with new tongues. And also says, Isaiah prophesied, one of the prophets says, I and the children that the Lord has given me are made for miracles, signs, and wonders. And again, as you start meditating on the word of God, all of it, <laughs> not just the part about being good that pleases your flesh, but the deep things of God, he'll start, the word of God, as you start meditating on the word of God, it'll start showing you who you are. Yeah, it'll, it'll do that. And then you'll have a different image. The scripture says in Corinthians, we're being conformed into the image of Jesus. Now, if you don't meditate on that day and night, you'll think you're just a mere man. Well, see, you would not have any idea what you're being conformed to if right. you don't read the Bible. Right. I mean, if you don't look at the word of God, you have no idea what that actually means. What does it mean to be conformed to the likeness of Christ? Unless you know what he looks like, you would have no idea what that actually means. I love it when you said earlier about he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm laughing at All man. the things that Jesus did, he still wants to do. So when you right. see people being healed in the Bible, if he really is, and this is where I, I think a lot of times Christians have to 
ask themselves, what do I really believe? Do I really believe this stuff? And if he says that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, do I really believe that? And if I really believe that, that means that in the Bible, people were healed by Jesus. They were healed by his disciples. And mm-hmm. if he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that means he wants to see people healed today. And so we have got to get back to the idea that if he really is the same yesterday and today and forever, that the same things that he did. So casting out demons, he still wants to do. He still and, wants to do it. Is there and, still demons around in people? Right. And people are still demonically possessed. And what's interesting <laughs> is, as you talked about it, he, he was speaking to me about this, as you were saying, we want to go to church and we have a nice building and it's heated in the winter and it's cooled in the summer. We want to have a good we, children's program. And we... And, we want to go in and we want to sing the songs. Keep it clean. And, and we Keep want it to clean. Do, and then go home. And people say, "Man, the service went smooth today, or the the service went well today." Meaning everything went smooth. Nothing was out of place. Nobody did anything untoward, and it just went smooth. It went. It was good today. No supernatural. And no talking you know, about that's the thing. Is it stayed that intellect. We kept it on our intellect. <laughs> right. I mean, it, went, it, went, it was good. Everything went smooth. We had an intellectual service. And if Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that means that sometimes this, the Spirit's going to move, right. and it's not going to be just this nice, easy, clean thing that we sometimes think church should be, or even in our life. Because when you start casting out demons and you start healing people and stuff, things get a little different than when you're just sitting there singing and, all right, let's all go home. I mean, because... To have the Holy Spirit present, to have the supernatural present is in some ways scary. Well, because it, things aren't moving the way we planned them to move. Well, it, it's scary if, if that's not what you're used to and you haven't been in the family. This is the family. I'm going to put it like this. People that are in dysfunctional families, and we all were, to them, that, that that's normal. <laughs> it's normal. So now you've been translated out of the kingdom of God, darkness into the kingdom of the, the light of his dear son. And the supernatural now for us is normal. It's normal for heaven. That's how heaven, that's how God operates. So we got to start, I said yesterday in service, we got to stop being fearful of the things of God, the gifts of God. Because remember, when you get saved, you now have the ability to use God's ability because you're in the family now. You've been redeemed, reconciled, and restored. Well, restore it. Restore it back to the way Adam was initially made to operate on the earth. God told him to subdue it, take dominion, and, and replenish it. I mean, to move forward. Jesus is referred to as the last Adam. He came to fix up what the first Adam messed up. So I was just looking at the scripture in Corinthians, and we're still on the subject of this one key about meditation, because you got to meditate on the word. That's on well, that's the whole word of God, not yeah, just the part you like. Again, because it's living and it's powerful, and it's going to transform you. But look what he says in First Corinthians. I mean, Second Corinthians, chapter three, verse. Uh, we'll start at fourteen, and he compares it to the Old Testament and the New Testament. So three fourteen, it says, "But their minds were blinded, for until this day the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament." Because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day, when Moses is read, and we know Moses represents the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments. The law. Yeah, the law. The veil lies on their hearts. We're verse 16. By grace. Here's the good thing. He's getting ready to go there in verse 16. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, 
the veil is taken away. Right. That means all that law and all that is taken away. Look, verse 17. Now the Lord is the spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty or freedom. Verse 18 is real important too. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. As we look into the mirror, the word of God, he said we're beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed. He's talking about us, Christians. We are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. He said we're being transformed into the image of God as we feed on the Word of God because you are what you eat. If you eat the Word of God, and part of that eating the Word of God is meditating on it day and night. You got to meditate. You just can't say, I read that. No, you got the Bible says study to show yourself. How, how many times have you talked to somebody that said, "Well, I read the Bible once"? I heard a lot of them. guys, uh, I heard guys come out of prison say, "I read it three times." I said, "Yeah, you read it like a book. You didn't study. Scripture says study to show yourself approved. You didn't meditate on it and allow the word, the seed, to get planted in the good ground of your heart because the word of God is considered seed planted. And you, meditation makes that's part of the a process that makes the seed grow because whatever you Remember, I always say this, whatever you focus on or meditate on, you're going to go in that direction. You're going to always move in the direction of your most dominant thoughts. So if your most dominant thoughts are the, is the word of God, that's the direction you're going to go. If your most dominant thought is what we just read in verse 18, but we all with unveiled face. Look, he didn't leave anybody out. He said we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image. So you, and that's why I know who I am. Cause I've meditated on this so long and God showed me, Oh, this is who you are. You're part of the body of Christ. Jesus is the head of that body. You're a, an important part of that body and the head controls the whole body. He's the head. We're the body. And the scripture says we're the church and he's the head of the church. So, and that's why God, the scripture says we're heirs with God and join heirs with Christ. Well, now, if I'm an heir with him, heir with God and join heir with Christ, I got to always think about how did God operate? How does he do things? How did Jesus on the earth, who represented God in the fullness, what did he do? We got to always remember that. And I always tell people about this one. Jesus hung around sinners and tax collectors. In those days, tax collectors were like drug dealers because they extorted money out of the citizens. They always got more than what they were supposed right. to get, and they right. got to keep that. Yeah. So everybody looked at the tax collector, like, and the, the religious people. Well, they were a thief. Yeah, basically, basically, yeah. So the religious people would always say, Jesus, why you hang out with sinners and tax collectors? And Jesus' response for, was, well, it's not the healthy that need a physician, it's the sick. And we've gotten so in church, we don't even have the mind of Christ anymore. We think if you're hanging out it's where sinners are, you're in the wrong. Well, I talk <laughs> and to, the religious people did the same thing to Jesus. Well, see, I talk to people all the time who will tell me, I don't know anybody who's not a Christian. See there? I I can't you should, know, the, you I should can't. know a lot of, as a minister of reconciliation, as an ambassador for Christ, you should know a lot of people who are sinners because you're commanded to bring them into the household of the family of God. Go and make disciples. But you will talk to people. I know I have to. They'll say, I don't know. I can't share the gospel because I don't know anybody that's not a Christian. I can't invite anybody to church because I don't know anybody that's not a Christian. Number one, that's not true. 
Because right. we all know people that aren't Christians. Because if you're going to the grocery store, you're running into people there that aren't Christians. You go to the gas station, you go anywhere, you're running well, into well, people. Well, I'm pretty Everybody sure. in your neighborhood is not and a I'm Christian. And I'm pretty sure you ran into this verse in, in Matthew 5, 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. You had to run across that if you're a student of the Scriptures. So wherever I go, I can let my light so shine. And, you know, we we always talk about that light dissipates darkness. So wherever you go, you should be shining. And remember, Christ in us, the hope of glory. You should be illuminating Christ. Scripture says in Corinthians, we're the fragrance of Christ. I mean, you should smell like Jesus wherever you go. And people should, actually, Scripture said we're salt. People should be attracted to light and salt. Everywhere we go, they should be like, Something about that guy right there, and, and they say that about me, <laughs> and I'm not bragging. It's just the, it's God, it's the God in me. Christ in me, the hope of glory. And again, I'm approachable. I'm not, and I'm always joyful. I'm not looking like, you know. And, and that's the way Jesus was. Remember, the disciples like the kids was running up to Jesus, Jesus, and the disciples, oh, get away from my get us the security team. Get away. He said, no, 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 let the children come. Jesus let anybody come to him, even the woman that said. Uh, Something about, and Jesus kind of went off on to say, this food is for the children of Israel. He says, the lady said, well, even uh, the dogs get to eat the crumbs from the master's table. Jesus said, all right then, girl, come on over here. But Jesus was approachable, and he, God so loved the world. And we got to remember that as we're going about our day, being human beings, we have to remember who we are, that we are in Christ now, and that, uh, that old person is gone. But that's only going to happen, Richard, as we do what the Scripture commands us, well, to people, meditate on the Word day and night. People read the Great Commission and talk about go out into all the world, and they think, well, I'm not. Go I'm too old, I'm too infirm, I'm too young, I'm too busy. I'm, I can't go to China, I can't go to Africa. Go to Safeway. Right. That, <laughs> go see, to the Goodwill Salvation the Army doesn't Store. doesn't mean huh? you have to leave the country and go into some place. Well, you can just go out Richard, of your house. You go, when soon as you leave your door, you're gone into the world. Right. Yeah, you're yeah, gone into people, all the world. People don't think like that anymore. You know, this is where we talk about being have your mind transformed and renewed, is people think go out into all the world means I have to go somewhere, and if I'm well, not going somewhere, that this doesn't apply well, to me. But that ain't only job because he told us all to Go and make disciples. And this applies to everybody. Everybody, not just See, the pastors. And so I want to tell people, if you, if all you do is go home from church and, and sit there all day and all night with your doors closed, your drapes closed, and then go to church again on Wednesday or Sunday or whenever your services are, you need to get out. Well, you if need you're to get that, out into the world and share the gospel with people. Yeah, And if you're doing that, just going home and going to the, I don't even like to call the building the church because... Scripturally and biblically, we're the church. Right. So if you go from home to the building, that's all you do. You're working against the great commandment, the great commission. I mean, yeah, you're working but I against. I can't go it. to Africa. I can't go to North Korea. Yeah. I can't go anywhere. Your mission field is your job. Your mission field is your neighborhood. There's an initiative right here in our town where uh, one of the churches here is starting it, calling uh, "Healthy Neighbors" or something. They're they're encouraging their congregants to. Go witness to the next their neighbors. Not even go witness to them. Just let their light so shine. Dude, you know, people don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. And this one pastor admitted that he lived next door to this guy for 20 years and never ministered to him, never told him about the gospel. And the guy actually found out, got led to the, to the Lord by somebody else, 
And he said, well, my neighbor was a pastor, and he never <laughs> he never invited me to services. Right. Never. So you even got pastors that don't go and make disciples. They think, oh, my job is to be in this building on Sundays. I'm doing my job. But no, everywhere you go, everywhere the soul of your feet treads upon, you can release the kingdom of God. You Because you're always an ambassador of Christ. You're always that. That's who you are. So an ambassador represents everywhere. So... So you can be at the gas station buying gas and you're an ambassador. I do it there. You can be at the grocery (laughs) store. Now, I know this is what's scary for some people in this is they say, well, I could never be like Pastor Richard or Pastor Vince. I could never grab people by the lapels and tell them, brother, you're going to hell if you don't believe in Jesus. What you got to understand is that we don't do that. Yeah. You preach the the blessing. You can plant a seed. You can water a seed. Very rarely do you get a chance to give somebody the whole gospel message. Right, 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 right. You just plant a seed. You just water a seed. But I'll tell you what, if somebody comes up to me and says, you know, I think I'm going to heaven, but I haven't always been a good person, that person's about to get the whole gospel given to them because it is not about being a good person. It is about faith in Jesus Christ. And so as we listen to the Holy Spirit, and ask him to give us wisdom, people will come up to us. They will very rarely say, tell me about Jesus. But they'll tell us things like, man, I don't know how the world got into the mess it's in. I don't understand how the world got to be like this. Well, I'm having some problems with my kids, and I don't really know what the answer is. They will say things to us that the Holy Spirit will say, this is your chance. This is your chance to tell them about me. And so we always need to be, wherever we are, ready to give an answer, ready to tell people what it is that we believe, why it is that we believe. Well, Jesus said this. He said, those who are filled with the Spirit, out of their belly shall flow rivers of living water. Meaning, if you've been feeding on the Word, meditating on the Word, and when you encounter people and open your mouth, what's in you going to come out? We know that in the natural. Whatever you eat, it's going to get, it's going to come out. So what again, natural, whatever you eat is going to come out the other end. Spiritually, whatever you eat is going to come out your mouth. It's going to come out your spirit. It's going to, your mouth is going to be the, the orifice that it comes out. So that's what Jesus meant. Those who are filled with the spirit out of their belly should flow rivers of living water. That's why Jesus can witness to the woman at the well and tell her all these things about her. And then he ended up making an evangelist out of her. But she went and told the whole town. So anyway, biblical meditation, one of the keys of the kingdom, and we're going to continue to talk about that as we go through this meet, this week. And we just want to remind you, uh, as you go through this week, I just want to say this, we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. We just want to remind you, as you go through this week, keep walking and living by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.